Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the second hour of Ghost Chronicles Radio, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, with the Blonde Bombshell and Kerrigan. Hey, good evening, everybody. How we mm. doing? Getting ready for the snow. Yeah. We. Oh. <laughs> what? We, what? what? They don't know. I mean, it's only like a 50-50 chance that they even know what they're talking about. Well, I know, but <laughs> who knows? <laughs> How many times yeah. they say, oh, yeah, we're going to get things, and we didn't get nothing. And then and they then say, oh, rain. we're just going to get dusted, and then we get loaded. It's like, yeah. yeah. I know. It's the worst just... science of the world. What are you, you going to do? What are you going to do? Right. Not prepare? <laughs> Supermarkets <laughs> like it, I'll tell you that much. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I already got my stuff, so I got everything I need. I got gas. Got some wine. Good to go. That's all you need. Wine. A little, little bread and milk, toilet paper. We're all set. Gonna have milk sandwiches. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh anyway. my god. Yeah. People are crazy. So, yeah. I oh. early early show we talked about uh uh I don't know if you have you seen all these ring doorbell things that have been going yes. around? Fairies oh. on them and stuff. Fairies? No. We have oh. a ring doorbell. The only thing I've seen is a deer and the UPS oh, guy. You could see fairies. Fairies. Yeah, look at look at put uh, uh, fairy caught a ring cam and and you'll find like eight hundred of these wonderful. Oh my Jesus! And they're pretty interesting ones. I tell you, they they look yeah. uh, they look interesting. I'll tell you that much. Huh. Uh, but well, uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I don't anyway. know. I live out here in the country. Maybe the fairies aren't visiting us. We have deer and like some raccoons and squirrels yeah. and yeah. You know, Birds and well, stuff. I just call it, got called on a case about uh, a ring doorbell and the, the same thing. But you know, I want to go. To, I have to go down and, and I want to explain to the guy what it is. Yeah. So I have to go down and take a look at it, even though it's I'm, an orb. The front lights sure. are shining. Off. This is pretty interesting stuff. It's not just yeah. like an orb floating through and stuff. There's a lot of activity. That would, just, that would be great, though, right? Right. You but, see Bigfoot walking by couple you know no one believe it you know that right? steins whatever yeah but if it happened on my ring doorbell i think my actually i think my neighbors were pranking me so <laughs> who really yeah, knows see, that's what i mean yeah. what there's a video running around out there somebody uh has like a trail cam and mm-hmm. they dress up like in the in the star wars <laughs> they're like an ewok and and uh <laughs> i don't know a chewy and yeah. walk around Star Wars stuff. That's a there you go. Oh my god, that's too funny. Wish I'd thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time. There's, there's so many fakes. But seriously, we just got uh, a ring doorbell. Mm-hmm. My husband won a contest at work, and he got a $250 Amazon gift card, which was mm-hmm. fantastic. He was so excited and oh, well deserved, sure. I would like to say. But so he's like, 
I'm like, just, he's like, well, what should I do with it? I'm like, I don't care. It's yours. Get whatever you want. So he got a ring doorbell. He's been wanting to get one for a while. And okay. uh, so, yeah, he's been having fun with that. He'll text me. <laughs> oh, I see you put the trash out. <laughs> oh, the UPS guy just delivered something. It's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, really funny. Be careful out there, folks. Yeah. You're always under the gun. You're always under the watchful eye of Big Brother. Mm. So, anyway. Uh, I was looking for a talk- topic for the show, and uh, I came across something I was going to use on the Monday show. We decided to use it on this particular show, and that is a bunch of strange depths and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you you uh, did some research on your own. You You found some as well. I did. I did. I, I, so I have like mysterious deaths. I don't know that, I guess it's the same as strange. We're all all talking about death. There's some pretty freaky stuff out there. I'm telling you, I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. Ron was like, oh, it's like that show, A Thousand and One Ways to Die or something. (laughs) No way. I will not watch that show. That's like, nope. I don't want to see that. I can read about it, but I don't want to see it. There you go. <laughs> At all. Uh-uh. So, anyway, I'll start it off. You start. I'll start it off with the the death of Chrysippus. 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 C H R Y S I P P U S. Chrysippus. 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 Yeah, Cripsy. I don't nope. know. <laughs> Crispy. Crippy Puss. Just say Crispy. Crippy Puss. Crispy. Anyways, the, the famous uh, Greek philosopher might have spent a whole lifetime thinking about serious matter, but he reportedly died laughing. He must have been listening to this show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the story I'm goes crying. that yeah, <laughs> the story goes that Chrysippus saw a donkey eating a fig. He found the scene so hilarious. That he laughed until he lost consciousness and eventually died. Oh my God, that's sad. Uh, he must not I, have had a lot to laugh at. It doesn't, it doesn't get out much very often. I don't think of a donkey. Oh, look, a donkey eating a fig is funny. Look I at that donkey. I can't eat the fig. See <laughs> Look at he's look at look at the dog. Look at that ass. He's eating the fig. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Womp gone. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> Who's the ass now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. It's uh, it's at his expense, but you know. <laughs> yeah. well, that was hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. So yeah, I when guess. was that? Like BC kind of situation? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it was definitely BC. Yeah, 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 yeah. That time. But, you know, how many Greek philosophers are now? They're all, you know, uh, before uh, anything. <laughs> we don't have Greek philosophers anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. Damn, I missed them. Sure. <laughs> we sure miss those Greek philosophers. Yeah. philosophers. Yeah. There you go. I got up on that one. Like, all right, you got some. I got one. This is very strange. All right. Up. So I don't really know how to how to this is just a bunch of letters put together so this is the yoxi case y-o-g 
T-Z-E. Okay. Yeah. So the Yoxie case uh, refers to the death of an unemployed German food engineer, Gunther Stoll, which occurred Ooh. on October 26, 1984. It is one of the most mysterious unsolved cases in German criminal history. In 1984, Gunther Stoll, it's probably Stoll, Gunther Stoll, that sounds so much better, an unemployed food engineer. What the hell is an unemployed food engineer? Is that like somebody who works (laughs) in a supermarket? Right? Okay. No, a food food engineer would be like uh, uh, Chevy Chase in uh, Christmas Vacation. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. What did he do? I don't even know. He worked for the company where he created that uh, 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 stuff on the on the uh, the cornflakes that w- were insoluble to milks and made, left them crunchy. Ah, over. Ah, ah, That's a food oh, okay. engineer. See, All right. Engineering food. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I digress. Okay. Oh, yes. So, Move on. <laughs> an unemployed food engineer from Anshausen was suffering from a moderate case of paranoia. Just a moderate case. Prior to his death, he occasionally spoke to his wife of them, unknown people who supposedly intended to harm him. He mentioned them specifically on the evening of 25 October 1984 at approximately 2300 hours, in case you want to know, before suddenly shouting something in German, which translates to, now I've got it. He then wrote the six letters Y O G apostrophe T Z E. It is not conclusive if the third letter was intended to represent a six or a G on a sheet of paper before instantly crossing them out. Shortly thereafter, Stoll went to his favorite pub in Wilnsdorf, where he ordered mm. a beer and fell on the ground, injuring his guy. face. He's not even a beer in and he fell down. Witnesses stated that he was not under the influence of alcohol and that he suddenly lost consciousness. Hmm. He awoke and drove away in his VW Golf. It is not known what he did in the next two hours. At around 0100 on 26 October 1984. (laughs) Hey, that's how it's printed. I don't know. I love it. He went to... God, Ron, I should have had you read this. <laughs> Heiger Seelbach, where oh, yeah. he. Oh, where he grew up. Okay. okay. I, I thought I should say where he threw up, but it said where he grew up. <laughs> he might have too, but we don't know that. <laughs> All right. There, he talked to a woman he knew from his childhood and mentioned a horrible incident. Since it was so late at night, the woman advised him to go to his parents' place and talk to them instead. So he left. (laughs) Go talk to your parents. Yeah, don't bug me. Yeah. At approximately 0300, two truck drivers discovered Stoll's crashed vehicle in a trench adjacent to the A45, which must be a highway, near the Hagetsud exit. 100 kilometers... From where he just was. How many is. Oh 60 miles. It tells me here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. All right. A couple hours away. Both truck drivers testified to have seen. 
and having seen an injured person in a white jacket walking near the car. After calling law enforcement, the drivers found the severely injured Gunther Stoll naked in his car. Now he's naked. He was conscious and mentioned four male persons who had been with him in the car and had run away. When asked if the men were his friends, Stoll denied it. He died on the way to the hospital. So they investigate it, and it says the criminal investigation showed that Stoll was injured before the crash and must have been hit by a car elsewhere and subsequently positioned in the passenger seat of his car and driven to the location where he was discovered. It was also concluded that he was naked at the time he was run over. Uh-huh. Other drivers reported seeing a hitchhiker at the Hagen Sud exit. Neither the hitchhiker nor the person in the white jacket were identified. Suspicions regarding Stoll's holiday trips to the Netherlands, where he was thought to have made contact with drug dealers, <laughs> proved unfounded. The meaning of his letters, Yogsi, remain unknown. Mm. So they don't know. They don't ever, they didn't know how, quite how That's he died. Bizarre, by the way. Is that bizarre or what? Yeah. I've got it. He calls out, now I've got it. And he writes down the letters. His wife's going to get it. Uh, okay. <laughs> so that, that, that's the Yogsi. It looks like Yahtzee, but it's Yogsi. Okay. So that's my first mysterious weird death. I know like four lines, by the way. Uh, <laughs> sorry. That's oh, okay. A few that are short. I, 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 I'll do a couple because. Uh... Okay. Anyways. The first one I want to talk about is uh, Tycho Brachy. Brachy. Okay. Tycho Brachy. Brachy. T-Y-C-H-O-B-R-A-H-E. So, Danish astronomer, 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 Astronomer. Astronomer. Uh, Tycho Brachy seemed to have died of politeness. (laughs) It'll never happen to me. (laughs) (laughs) It was first suspected that he had died following a banquet in which he was poisoned. But analysis in 2010 revealed something else. Brachy had died because he apparently held his bladder until it burst because, you know, it's impolite to leave the table. Until what? It... That's yeah. crazy. He held his bladder until it burst because he didn't want to be impolite. Impolite. He didn't want to be rude. Yeah. Or always, you know. Yeah. That's another thing to yell at your kids, you know, when you're trying to potty train them. You don't go to the bathroom. Your bladder will explode and kill you. <laughs> That's right. It's like eating watermelon seeds. You'll have watermelons growing in your stomach. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What else? You All right. I, I gave it another shot. When, um, okay. This guy's kind of cool, though. You know, he's the kind of person I would like to have represent me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a standard case. I've talked about it before, I'm sure. It is uh, Clement uh, Vala and Diggum. Uh-huh. Clement, I got. V A L L A N D. So Valand, okay. Dig D I N G Ham. Okay. 
Well, I dig him. Anyway, American uh, politicians and lawyer, American politician and lawyer, Clement, whatever his name is, is known to have died in in a rather particular way. He uh, shot himself in court trying to prove the point that the defense uh, of a murder suspect. Uh, Vangler was trying to show that the victim could not have shot uh, the victim itself. Oh, this is great. This guy was... uh, convicted of uh, shooting another man, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. this guy wanted to prove that the victim actually shot himself. So oh. Vanderbilt trying to show that the victim could have shot himself accidentally, except uh, when he tried to do so, uh, he used a loaded weapon and <laughs> fatally shot himself in the bladder. There's another bladder that kicks oh, the butt. Oh, for God's sakes. Why do they have a loaded gun in a courtroom? Well, he wanted to show that he could, uh, that's how he the uh, thing. He got his guy off, though. The guy was acquitted. Oh, my God. <laughs> so least they could do. He killed himself. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, crap. He's a good lawyer. I'll take He's, him. You know, the jury. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that's, yeah, I've, I've yeah, I've seen, uh, uh, I've read, yeah, I, I saw quite a bit on this guy before, but yeah, mm-hmm. he, his guy was, uh, in a, in a in a place and he got arrested for killing this other guy and uh he said he didn't do it and the, the guy's lawyer says well, i could prove that uh, he killed himself by mistake so mm-hmm. and he did and he did <laughs> and the guy rest, got off i rest I my rest, case yeah they arrested him i mean literally uh, yeah, r.i.p'd him actually rest my case all right yeah. all right. right this is a weird one they're all mm-hmm. weird they're all weird Okay. Yeah, they are. The death of Gloria Ramirez. Okay. She died in 1994. And she was a woman from Riverside, California, who was dubbed the toxic lady or the toxic woman by the media when several hospital workers became ill after exposure to her body and blood. This is really weird. Oh, yeah. I've seen this too. That's cool. Yeah. She had been admitted to the ER while suffering from late stage cervical cancer. While treating Ramirez, several hospital workers fainted and others experienced symptoms such as shortness of breath and muscle spasms. Five workers required hospitalization, one of whom remained in an intensive care unit for two weeks. So... Shortly after arriving at the hospital, Ramirez died from complications related to cancer. The case, the incident was initially considered to be a case of mass hysteria. An investigation by Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory proposed that Ramirez had been self-administering dimethyl sulfoxide as a treatment for pain, which converted into dimethyl sulfate an extremely poisonous and highly carcinogenic alkylating agent via a series of chemical reactions in the emergency department. (laughs) My God, those are all great Scrabble words. I'll tell you, although this theory has been endorsed by the Riverside coroner's office and published in the journal Forensic Science International, it is still a matter of debate in the scientific community. So... I mean, they they brought her in. She's uh, suffering from severe heart palpitations. They inject her with diazepam, all these sedatives. 
she also had a she also had an oily skin. I don't know if you you that says um, it in there. Her skin was oily. It says that in here. It's this is it's so just so I know, bizarre. I know I know this case. Yeah, it, yeah. She, her skin was uh, had like an oily substance oh, on it. Oh, yep. Here it is. Yep. After they gave her the, they sedated her, and they were trying to do the defibrillator on her. They saw an oily sheen. Yep. Covering her body and noticed a fruity garlic-like odor that they yep. thought was coming from her mouth. Uh, a nurse attempted to draw blood and noticed an ammonia-like smell coming from the tube. God, this is horrible. Mm. The yeah. nurse passed... I got, I'm familiar, familiar with this case quite a bit, yeah. yeah. She passed the syringe to a medical resident who noticed manila-colored particles floating in the blood. At this point, she fainted and was removed from the room. Shortly after that, the first nurse began to feel nauseated and complaining that she was lightheaded. She left the trauma room and sat at a nurse's desk. Uh, a staff member asked her if she was okay, but before she could respond, she also fainted. Then a third nurse passed out who was assisting in the trauma room, and then they just evacuated everybody. <laughs> They're like, yeah, everybody out. Uh, 23 people overall became ill and five were hospitalized and a skeleton crew stayed behind to stabilize Ramirez. At, uh, after 45 minutes of CPR and defibrillation, Ramirez, Ramirez was pronounced dead from kidney failure related to her cancer. This is just crazy. And um, I'm just skimming through the rest of it because it does go on for a yeah. while. Yeah, but, it's, a, it's an interesting case. It really is. It said, um, so dimethyl sulfoxide is a solvent used as a powerful degreaser and as a home remedy for pain. Really? Mm. Users of this substance report, how could you ingest it? They say it has a garlic-like garlic -like taste and it's sold in gel form at hardware stores. And so, I, I don't know, I guess she was actually, so eating this they, stuff they still don't know how uh, why all these people got sick and how they died for sure yeah well they you think know. it was just um it said the electric, electric yeah. shocks administered during emergency defibrillation could have then converted the uh, dimethyl cell phone into dimethyl sulfate which is mm -hmm. highly toxic and that's why everybody was um that's one of the theories, but there was never one. Yeah, yeah and, it, and it says at the end, this has not been confirmed. Yeah. And they never, because her, um, they buried her two months after she died. And of course, she was decomposed and they couldn't, so they couldn't even get a probable cause. Um, and it was just, she was just too far gone because who could get near her to get her ready to be buried? I don't know. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So poor, poor Gloria. Uh, she went and took, tried to take people with her, I guess. But that's I guess probably so. the most bizarre death I think I've ever heard about. Strange, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Very strange. Ooh. So, anyway, I got one. King Martin of Aragon. Mm. You know King Martin of Aragon? Not off the top of my head. Nope. No? no. Nope. I it's just roll off the off. lips. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways... King uh, Martin of Aragon, uh, he was a Spanish king who died of too much food uh, and uh, too much laughter. So what 
do you what do you eat uh so what did he eat he ate an entire roasted goose on his own yeah and then he then he went to bed but the king's the king's jester bora walked into the room and reportedly told him a joke the Uh king found it so funny he fell off the bed laughing and died All right. He so you want to know what the joke is? You want to know what the joke is? What's the joke? Okay. You sure you want to hear this? Kill uh, one person. Oh uh, yeah. It's okay. like the Monty Python joke. The the lethal. You ever see Monty Python? Yes. Which one? The the, the series. Uh, when they they tell oh. the joke and they and everybody dies every time they retell the joke. And oh the no, I dies. haven't seen that. I know. Yes, that's that's a classic. But anyways. So Borwood told this guy a joke, uh, told the king a joke. He, he found it so funny, he uh, fell off the bed laughing and died. Uh, what was the joke? Are you ready? Ready. Okay. And the next vineyard is where I saw a young deer hanging by its tail from a tree, as if someone went, had him punished for stealing figs. Oh, God. Another fig. That's fig hysterically another fig animal. joke. There must be something, right? some some connotation to eating. I guess you got to. I guess you got to be there at the you time. Yeah, be there. Mm-hmm. So the, the other one was what? What a donkey eating figs? And this donkey was a eating figs. Yeah, and this one's a deer being hanging from a tree as if he was stealing figs. <laughs> they had a fixation on figs, don't they? Yeah. It must be. I don't know. I don't know. It must have been something. I have no clue. Dirty. It was like a dirty joke or something at the time. I don't, yeah. we'll go. I don't get it. Speaking about don't dirty, get it. Speaking about dirty, dirty. dirty. Uh, Felix Far Far, Felix F A U R E is the former president of France. Died in some unusual circumstances involving a sexual act with a young woman named Margrethe Steinhill. Uh, mm-hmm. Far is believed to have had a seizure while. Steinhill was performing a oh uh, performing a sex act in the presidential office. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's not unusual. I know. You think Clinton would have <laughs> learned from that? <laughs> Do you watch the BBC Ghosts? Have you seen that? I have not seen the BBC. I've only seen our American one. Oh, okay. Because one of the oh, ghosts... we're, we're, oh, we're taking... oh, we've gone. Paranormal event, right. book, something <laughs> else you want people to know about? Where's that warning? Advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio with over 150,000 downloads. What happened to the warning? Out to an audience that's I never heard it in the subject. There was none. At a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call nine seven eight. Four five five six six seven eight. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. And boy, have we got some bizarre stuff for you guys. Oh, my God. People have died so bizarrely. I know. You think, you know, know, we think of all that's going on and we'd never expect these strange, weird (laughs) stuff. All right. uh, uh, Here's another weirdo one. You ready? Ready? Yep. This is called the Lead Masks Case. And it involves a series of events which, which led to the death of two Brazilian electronic technicians. I'm not even going to attempt. We're going to call them Manuel and Miguel. And that's as far hey, as I'm going to go. Hey, I try go. You, There you go. I try right. it. You want me to go for this? All right. Yes, Manuel Pereira da Cruz and Miguel Jose Viana there. That was pretty Wasn't good. not that hard who had last been seen by their families on August 17th, 1966. Their bodies were discovered on August 20th, 1966, and the cause of their deaths has never been determined. Oh. On the afternoon of August 20th, 1966, a young boy was flying a kite on the Morro do Vintem in Rio de Janeiro. I don't know how to say this. Nitoroi? Yeah, my bad American. Anyways, when he came upon the bodies of two deceased males and reported them to the authorities, the Moro do Vintem had difficult terrain, and the police were unable to reach the bodies until the next day. Okay, how come the kid could get up there but not the cops? I don't get this. Okay. I don't either. <laughs> so when a small team of police and firefighters arrived, they encountered an odd scene. The bodies rested next to each other, partly covered by grass. Each body wore a formal suit, a lead eye mask, and a waterproof coat. But Yeah, right. (laughs) Sounds like a Devo album. There were no signs of major trauma or any evidence of a struggle. Aliens. Next, Ron, don't ruin my story. Next to the corpses, police found an empty water bottle and a packet containing two wet towels. A small notebook was also identified on which were written the cryptic instructions. I'm going to tell you this in English. 1630, be at the specified location. 1830, ingest capsules. After the effect, protect metals, await signal mask. No wow. idea with that. Yeah, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can read it in Spanish if you really want to, but probably pointless. The two men were identified as Manuel Pereira de Cruz and Miguel Jose Viana, two electronic technicians from Campos dos 
Goitakazes, a town <laughs> several kilometers to the I am north. so happy you're doing these names, right? too. I'm I tired have, of getting stuck with them. <laughs> I, can, I can read them, though, but sort of. a town several kilometers. I'm reading this correctly. It's, I'm probably killing the Yeah, you want, to go back, you want to go back on that German one, see how correctly uh, you did? Whatever. Okay. A Move town, right along. <laughs> several kilometers to the north e northeast of Rio de Janeiro. Following an investigation, police reconstructed a plausible narrative of the men's last days. On August 17th, the men left with the stated intent that they needed to purchase some materials for work. They then boarded a bus to Niteroy and arrived at 2.30 p.m. Evidence shows that the waterproof coats were purchased at a shop there and one bottle of water from a local bar. Upon being interviewed, the waitress from the bar described Miguel as very nervous and noticed he frequently checked his watch. That is the last time they were known to have been seen alive. It's presumed they went directly from the bar to the spot at which they were discovered. No obvious injuries were discovered at the scene, nor later at the autopsy. A search for toxic substances did not occur. The coroner's office was very busy at the time, and when the autopsy was finally conducted, the internal organs of the two victims were too badly decomposed for reliable testing. Here's the theories. Multiple theories have been proposed to explain this case, ranging from, from foul play to UFOs. There you go, Ron. One theory revolves around the testimony of a friend of the two men who claimed that they were members of a group of scientific spiritualists. The men were apparently attempting to contact extraterrestrials or spirits using psychedelic drugs. <laughs> Believing that such an encounter would be accompanied by blinding light, the men cut metal masks to shield their eyes and may have died of drug overdoses. This account is corroborated by the esoteric diary entry found at the scene and by mask-making materials and literature concerning spirits found at the men's home. Uh-huh. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going with the drugs. I'm going with the aliens. You could go it's with easier. aliens, too. Mm. Very bizarre, yeah. but... And I have, I have your... The way you're going to die... If you oh, could pick away, I, I, I've got it for you. George, George Plantagnet, Duke of Clarence. This is the way I picture you going out. All right. Well, I've been worried about that, so I'm glad okay. you cleared a path. <laughs> George Plantagnet, Duke of Clarence. The Duke was executed for treason in the Tower of London in uh -oh. 1478. How? He was drowned in wine. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, saying. You know, I'm just saying. Gotta go. You gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that didn't help the other guy who held his held it until his bladder burst. Uh, that's true. It's uh, too much goose. Oh, here's a sweeter one. I think. Oh, we'll, all right. Yeah, Lip, lipo. L i p o. Okay. Two words. Lipo. Okay. He was a famous uh, Chinese poet. And uh, his death has, has been uh, described as equally poetic. Lipo was on a boat one evening when he saw the moon reflected in the water. Poe apparently tried to hug the moon, fell off the boat, and drowned. 
<laughs> Wait, was he by himself? Evidently. Well, I don't who, know. Who, who, who's, okay. The so Chinese who <laughs> poet. <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue. <laughs> what these Chinese poets do at, at night. All right. Maybe, uh, <laughs> I think he had a little too much rice wine. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But somebody All had right. to see it. I guess so. How else would they know about it? Exactly. It just Maybe nobody else could swim that was in the boat. I don't know. Bloop, fell in the water. Maybe he had the same drugs that he was in yeah. the moon. <laughs> How about uh, King All Adolf uh, Frederick? Frederick. Okay. King Adolf Frederick. King Adolf Frederick of Sweden liked to eat. Mm-hmm. Oh, who doesn't, right? I sense a theme with these things you have. Yeah. A lot. You like yeah. to eat a lot. A lot. Yeah. Uh, he had yeah. two two goose. He allegedly uh, suffered from gout, which is oh. uh, yeah, which is uh, over in, and of course his overindulgence didn't yes. help that. Yeah. But uh, one night uh, he really went for it. He ate caviar, lobster, an array of meats, drank champagne. If that wasn't enough, he ate a tradition fourteen traditional sweet rolls, and uh, Frederick died of severe digestion problems. Shortly. Oh God! <laughs> Stomach probably burst. Probably like oh. the guy's bladder. Oh. No figs, though. I'm surprised. No figs. No <laughs> figs this time. Yeah. Hysterically oh, well. funny figs. <laughs> Evidently, I mean that was the the joke of the century back oh, then. I know. Okay. How about Gareth Gareth Jones? Gareth Jones was a British actor. Mm -hmm. Uh, He died of a heart attack during a play on uh, broadcast live on TV in 1958. Uh, Bizarrely, the character character he was playing uh, suffered a heart attack. So in other words, he was playing a guy who suffered a heart attack, but really had a heart attack and died live on the air. Oh, no. Makes sense to me. These oh, great actors. job. Great job of acting, Gareth. Yeah. Great job, Gareth. Gareth. Yeah. Gareth. <laughs> they really throw themselves into their work. Oh, uh, yeah, there you go. Oh, no. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. All right. Oh. I love this, by the way. You love this? I love this. <laughs> <laughs> Ron's like, let's do shows about death all the time. Yeah, all the time. Oh, my goodness. I, I have one. Uh, Ronald Hughes. Ooh, he was, to me. Yeah, we got a Ronald. Uh, he was an American attorney, and he represented Leslie Van Houten, a member of the Manson family. Uh, he disappeared while on a camping trip during a ten-day recess from the Tate LaBianca murder, murder trial in November 1970. His body was found in March 1971. But his cause of death could not be determined. At least one Manson family member has claimed that Hughes was murdered by the family in an act of retaliation. No one has been charged in connection with his death. So I guess he was the first guy. He was supposed to represent Charlie Manson. And instead, he he was replaced by Irving Kanarek two weeks before the start of the trial. So he eventually represented Leslie Van Houten. He failed. He could have got Clarence if he hadn't killed himself. All right. All right. Um, 
He had failed, listen to this, he failed the bar exam three times before passing and had never tried a case. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Uh, Hughes, a one-time conservative, was called the hippie lawyer due to his intimate knowledge of the hippie subculture, uh, which occasionally served his client well. He was able he to was raise... no market and market, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> he was able to raise questions about Linda Kasabian's credibility by asking her about hallucinogenic drugs, her belief in ESP, her thoughts that she might be a witch, and her experience being, <laughs> experiencing vibrations from Manson. Uh, so he tried to separate the interests of his client from those of Manson, and this this made him mad, made Manson mad. And that's what they're thinking is that he got ticked off and, uh, you know, he wanted to take care of him. But uh, 22 weeks into the trial, uh, which included outbursts and bizarre behavior from Manson and his co-defendants, the prosecution, prosecution rested. Lawyers for the defendants stunned the courtroom by announcing that the defense also rested. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I'm going into the, so let's not go into the. Okay. So anyways, I guess he, basically the bottom line is he ticked off, off Manson. So then they're on a break from the trial, 10 day break. He decides to take a camping trip in a remote area near Sespe Hot Springs in Ventura County, California. And according to James Forsher and Lauren Elder, two friends who accompanied Hughes on the trip, Heavy rains, which had caused flash floods in the area, had mired their Volkswagen in mud. Forsher and Elder hitchhiked their way out, but Hughes decided to stay in the area until November 29th. As the rains continued, the area was evacuated, and he was last seen by three campers on the morning of November 28th. Uh, He appeared to be unharmed, was away from the floodwaters. Everything seemed fine. But when court reconvened on November 30th, Hughes failed to appear. Uh, they had to wait because of the rains for before they could launch a search party, and they didn't find him. So appointed a new a new attorney for the woman that he was representing, and then uh, eventually um, created a disturbance, suggesting Judd Older did away. There was suggesting that they Manson had done away with him with the attorney. So they conducted more than a dozen searches of the area over the following months. They got an anonymous tip in March 71. uh, And on the same day that the jury returned the death penalty against Manson, Hughes' severely decomposed body was discovered by two fishermen in Ventura County. His body was found wedged between two boulders in a gorge. He was positively identified by dental x-rays. And they, because he was so severely decomposed, they could never determine what his cause of death was. So supposedly uh, he was a retaliation murder. They, uh, after the fact, books, you know, there were books about it. And, you know, years later, the Manson family was like, oh, yeah, they'd been murdered. They murdered him. And, but the other theory is that he was stranded and drowned or was knocked unconscious and killed by the floodwaters. So they really never knew uh, what happened to him. So, wow. 
and his uh, Van Houten, the lady he was representing, got life in prison. So there you go. <laughs> Didn't help that they killed him, did it? Well, I guess it helped Charlie because he was mad. <laughs> so speaking of lawyers, uh, Gary Hoy uh, is a lawyer. Gary Hoy was a lawyer who worked on the 24th floor of the Toronto Dominion Center. Hoy insisted that the glass windows in his office were unbreakable, and to prove it, he threw himself against it full force. Guess what? <laughs> Alas, they were not unbreakable. Oh he, hurled <laughs> he hurled uh, himself 24 floors to, to the pavement below. Guess he lost that bet. Yep. This wow. was... Uh, yeah, he won the uh, Darren Award in 1976. <laughs> oh, my God. All righty. And, and don't, let's not forget Frank Hayes. Now, Frank Hayes, at least he went on a winning note. Uh, Frank Hayes is uh, well known uh, for the honor of being the only man to win a horse race while dead. <laughs> in the middle of the race, he suffered a heart attack, and despite carrying dead weight, <laughs> Dead weight, get it? Uh, <laughs> the horse, sweet kiss. I love it. Uh, ran <laughs> on to win the race. Oh my god! Oh, that's oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I know. Huh? Oh, <laughs> sweet kiss to, of death. Going to say, hey, you know, yeah. you won the race. You won the race. Oop, never mind. Ew. Sweet that's kiss of death. Sweet kiss. Wow. Remember Tennessee uh, Williams? Yeah. The playwright? He was an author. He wrote a yeah. lot of, yeah, he wrote a play thing. Mm -hmm. He, he died uh, kind of weirdly, too. Uh, he used to take eye drops for, mm -hmm. so he, he would, in order to uh, get the eye drops, he would uh, open the bottle with his teeth. While holding the lid in his mouth, he tilted his head back to administer the drops, and he accidentally swallowed the lid and choked <gasps> death. Cut it out! No. <laughs> oh he wasn't. <laughs> yep. Oh, my Lord. Well. Yes. You can be brilliant or whatever and have absolutely no common sense. Right? Oh, your number's up. Your number's up. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, how many does that? How many people put stuff in their mouth, though? Swallow I mean, we, we use half. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, come on. You didn't do it on purpose. Well, I know I didn't do it on purpose, but. Wow, what a silly uh, way to die. We haven't done something. We've all done so. Yeah, well, you know. Well, I don't think I've ever swallowed a bottle cap while I was trying to put drugs. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. You're probably a drowning in wine, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my fate, apparently. <laughs> apparently, yep. Yeah, yep, right. yep, yep. You got yeah. something? I got something. Yeah. So, hmm, I have so many choices here. <laughs> what a great I, subject, I, huh? Yeah, there's so much. There's oh, so there much. Okay, folks, literally Google mysterious deaths and go to Wikipedia. It's just pages, pages, mm. pages. That's where I get a lot of these. Yeah. All right, so how about Cleopatra? We all know who Cleopatra is. All right. Yeah. So she died uh, in August, they don't know, 10 or 12 August 30 B.C., BCE? What's BCE? Wait a minute, I know how Cleopatra died. Yeah, but everybody says, oh, she committed suicide by yeah, allowing yeah, yeah. the asp to bite her. Yeah. Well, 
apparently this has they they've debated the validity of these reports oh. uh, that a little a controversy snake, yeah so they're saying she poisoned herself not with the asp or but but with a toxic ointment or some kind of sharp implement such as a hairpin that mm. she op- you know opened her skin with and put the the toxic ointment into mm-hmm. uh, these accounts are derived mainly from the works of the ancient Roman historians Strabo, Plutarch, and Cassius Dio. Oh, Sounds like a boxer, right? Cassius Dio. <laughs> Modern scholars debate debate the validity of ancient reports involving snake bites uh, and whether she was murdered. Some academics hypothesize that her Roman political rival, Octavian, forced her to commit suicide in the manner of her choosing. So uh, I guess there is a lot of debate over this because they're like, well, yeah, you know, she could get the snake in there and then, but you got to get the snake to do what it's going to do. And yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's highly debated. Mm. I never knew that. So. Yeah. They, they like to debate everything. Yeah. Well, I know. I, I'm always like, oh, the snake bit her. She died. Yeah. But they killed each other off then left and right mm. as well. So you never know. True. And, and and what about Edgar Allan Poe? Remember oh, that? I know about him. We, we just talked, talked about, about him on the, Monday, on the Monday show. Yeah, yeah, that just was up, right? Yeah. Uh, so he died under circumstances that still remain mysterious. Yep. And the circumstances leading up to it are uncertain. The cause of death is disputed. On October 3rd, 1849, he was found delirious in Baltimore, Maryland, wandering around in great distress, really didn't know who he was, and in need of immediate assistance. And he was taken to Washington College Hospital where he died days later. So they don't, they're not really sure, but they think that someone uh, drugged him up. He was dressed in someone else's clothes. He wasn't dressed in his own clothes. Mm-hmm. And, and what is it? Uh, is it gerrymandering? I forget what the term is. So basically, they were dressing buying him votes. Huh? Buying votes is gerrymandering. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they, they made him go in and vote mm-hmm. yeah. for someone. Yeah. And they dressed him in someone else's clothes, So, but they drugged him up so that he'd just go in and, and keep doing it or whatever. That's the, the thought behind it. But he was just kind of a mess to begin with. But he just, they had no idea how he came to be where he was and why he was wearing someone else's clothes. There's, and, there's a bunch of theories on that. Yeah. Did he and even he suffer from leprosy? Yeah. I mean, leprosy, ep, uh, yeah, forget it. Uh, forget it. Lepos, not le, epicy. Uh, not leprosy. <laughs> no, the other one. Epis, ep, uh, Epilepsy? Yeah, thank you. Ah, okay. He suffered from a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it is what it is. It is, but that is very strange that someone so famous would die under such circumstances. Yeah, the, we did a whole thing on him on uh, the thing. There's a lot of strange things in his life. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the first professional American writer. 
I did not. Yeah, he did that as a living. Hmm. He grew up. He At first. Grew up, he was born in Boston. I know that. We did a yeah. whole show on him. I know that. His yeah. mother was an actress. His father ran off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah we just did this show. Yeah, I come to think of it. We just did. Yeah. Well, yeah, his name, Alan, was from his, his uh, stepfather. I mean, yeah. not his stepfather, his adopted father. That was so one was... of our first shows. Our, in our first year of our studio shows, we did that whole really? show on Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Yeah. Edgar, he was named after a character from King Lear or Macbeth, one or the other. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so uh, it's good. He hung out here in Lowell, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. I think, quite frankly, it's amazing that he lived as long as he did. <laughs> yeah, married his, his first cousin, uh, 14 yeah. years old. Uh, she, she was much younger than him. Oh, yeah. And she yeah. was sickly. He was sickly. Yeah she, yeah, she died before he did. Yeah. And he, But he was always a ladies' man. Didn't seem to matter that it was married. Mm. But he was, he was always pursuing some woman somewhere courting her and i'm like wait where's the wife at home who's sick and dying what about mm-hmm. her <laughs> do you know what a, do you know what a flock flock of uh, ravens is called a flock a flock of ravens yeah a group <laughs> a group of ratings do you know what it's called uh what an unkindness an unkindness i did not know that oh my god all right, we got the warning this time. Yeah, we did. Anyway, I want to finish it off with uh, Hans Steiger. Hans was an Australian mayor. Uh, he was known for his four and a half foot long beard. Beard. Good. Beard. Beard. Yep. Uh, <laughs> there are two versions how, how he died. One is that his beard caught fire and he burned to death. Ooh. The other person said that he was trying to escape the fire and he tripped on his beard and fell to his death. Oh, gosh. Nevertheless, the beard killed him. Oh, wow. That's what a sad. way to go. Yeah. Well, you know, you can't drag that thing around. You know? Why would anybody have a... You know? <laughs> I have no idea. Really. Yeah. But, okay. All right, we're going to go. It? I know, well, we got to go. I mean, I have other stuff, but they're way, way, way too long. Oh, mine's short. I'll do it as quick ones. Then uh, the killer bird in 2011, a man died during an illegal cockfight in California. Uh, he had apparently strapped a knife to the bird's leg, and the bird accidentally stabbed the man fatally. <laughs> Serves your right. Serves and your then, right. of course, there was the famous lamplighter who came up with this innovative idea in Flatbush, New York in 1880s, he invented an alarm clock, which was comprised of a clock, a wire, some stone. Uh, it seemed very promising, uh, except that he moved one day in bed and he set it off. As a result, he was crushed to death by the rocks. <laughs> That's terrible. I guess so. We got to go. Oh, Anyways, sure we want to thank God. everyone for listening, and uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed uh, these wonderful deaths that we told you. <laughs> Tune in next week, when I'm sure we'll have something far more interesting. Equally as horrible. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, good night, everyone. God bless, and stay safe. Thanks for listening. Good night.
From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.